Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman & Associates. Now, here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Alrighty, so my motivational quote today is actually by Gandhi, and it says, Where there is love, there is life. So my question is, what do four seasons and love have in common? Well, my guest today, Master Charles Cannon, explains this so much better than I could ever try to communicate. So I'm going to actually read what he's written as it relates to the four seasons and love. And he says, Winter. This is the season to let go of your busyness, to allow time for gestation, meditation, connecting with source, and nurturing the seed of love in your true nature. As light gives way to darkness, you have to explore your inner being to awaken to the experience of who you really are. Spring, the sprouting of seeds, growth in the world, a blossoming of love for yourself. This is how you are able to increasingly love others. You have nothing without this love force, alive and loving the experience of life you have. Summer. With summer comes the full expression of who you truly are, an individual and wholly unique manifestation of the love that includes and permeates all of life everywhere in the universe. Summer is the time of flowering, the flourishing that brings life fully into expression. Fall. It's a harvest time and the abundance of life is peaking. Fall gives us the revelation of the seed in its fullness and also produces new seeds for gestation in the winter. Harvest is both of time of reaping and sowing. The end is also the beginning and the cycle of life continues. Wow. Master Charles is known worldwide as a modern spiritual teacher. He was given the title Master by his teacher to denote that he is a master spiritual teacher or one who can teach without words. Master spiritual teachers are recognized by their pal palpable presence, their holistic state of being, which effortlessly empowers everyone in their proximity. Master Charles is an acknowledged pioneer in the evolution of human consciousness. He founded Synchronicity Foundation for Modern Spirituality in 1983 and developed high-tech meditation and the holistic lifestyle which, helps, which has helped transform thousands of lives worldwide. Sit tight as Master Charles speaks about his new book, Living, Living and Awakened Life, The Lessons of Love. Master Charles will help us explore the four seasons in nature and how we can utilize the energy of these seasons to help empower us to embrace the loving energy that we already possess. So, Master Charles, thank you so much for being on the show and for indulging me in that bit of a lengthy introduction. My pleasure. Great to be with you today. Yes, and I, as I write these introductions, and I read, of course I read your book, which is masterful, everyone. I just couldn't do justice, and that's why I hope that was okay that I did share the, um, the seasons with everybody, how eloquently you expressed each. Uh, thank you very much. Truly my pleasure. So I guess my, my first question is, why did you actually organize the material into those four sections, one for each of the seasons? Because it's really very fascinating that you did it that way. <clears throat> I did it that way quite intentionally <clears throat> because I like um, the clarity of focus. 
In other words, the more we can focus our awareness, the more wakeful or present we can be to the happening of life in each moment. So rather than just um, a book that you would read through, albeit perhaps somewhat unconsciously, I decided to uh, format it in this way to support that focus that delivers a greater, greater wakefulness, which is, of course, what the book is about. And really, the seasons are, you know, a natural, universal, fundamental, right, of how they, winter knows when it's supposed to be winter, and summer knows when it's supposed to be summer. Mm -hmm. So I love how you took the concepts of the four seasons and broke it into how we can kind of go inside of ourselves and connect with our inner voice and again find that inner love for ourselves and then how that kind of permeates outward so again I, I think it was brilliant how you took the four seasons and blended it with love when I first saw the the one sheet I was like what you know my initial was like huh and then as you read it's like oh this makes so much sense so I also like and and you kind of alluded to this but what can the readers expect to experience by studying one chapter per week as you instruct, which I also think is brilliant. Well, it's the same um, message, and that is how um, wakeful, how fully alive uh, in each moment of our life experience uh, can we be. And by focusing on that for uh, a day or two a week and really... um, embellishing it um, so that uh, it inspires us to be more uh, focused and more wakeful uh, in each moment can deliver us to uh, a fuller experience uh, of life in each moment of its happening, as has uh, uh, been taught by all great masters in, in all great wisdom traditions. <clears throat> there is only one life, one consciousness, and the truth of that oneness of life is only available through the gateway of the here and now. For example, we don't live yesterday, we don't live tomorrow, we live only here and now. And the more wakeful we can be of the here and now of life, the more fully we experience life, and life innately is a benevolent, loving, and happy energy. So true fulfillment lies in the full experience of life in each moment of its happening. So organizing the book in this way allows us that wakefulness that opens that gateway to the here and now of true reality and more holistic fulfillment in life for each of us. Yeah, and, and just for the listeners, uh, the book, you know, it's not like a James Patterson book that you're going to read in two days. You know, that's not what this is about. This book is, is broken into the four seasons, but it's also broken into weekly exercises to help you take the, the thought, contemplate it, utilize it in your daily life, 
again, to help you kind of focus, like you said, um, to live in the now and, and really live a fulfilled life. So the exercises are so thought-provoking, probably things you've never, ever even thought about, um, that it's just really well done. And I, I hope you take this as a compliment. I'm a big fan of, of Dr. Wayne Dyer's books. And, ah, very good. Uh, and yeah, so I, I hope you take this as a compliment. Because, Absolutely. Yes. That's a great compliment. He, he sets up his books. Again, he, you know, Dr. Wayne Dyer, for anybody who's re read his books, it's not you just read them in a day or two days. You know, it's almost you, you want to read it for, you know, that one chapter, that small chapter, and then percolate on it for, for a few days, and then, you know, come back and read that next chapter, percolate, and that's, that was the vibe that I got from your book as I was reading it, thinking, oh my goodness, this, this is so thought-provoking that it's not just quick, in and out, you really do have to stop and think, so here goes my next kind of question to build on the question I just asked, but we live in a time Master Charles, that we're running at a bazillion miles an hour. The book, I think, helps slow people down to be able to realize their own thoughts and go inner and focus and all of those things. Is that part of why you set it up this way as well, to help people find that quiet time within all the craziness of our lives? <clears throat> yes. Um, it could be said that the speed of information processing <clears throat> in the times in which we live uh, is perhaps the violence of our times, meaning that <clears throat> it can greatly imbalance us and fragment our experience of life. It can take us out of the moment. <clears throat> and so we need uh, every uh, available uh, break from um, technology and the speed of information processing uh, that we can have in a day uh, to rebalance or to maintain our balance uh, in the midst of our um, busy lives. And that's why uh, I think the foremost uh, technique of balance in the whole of recorded human history is gaining so much popularity uh, in today's modern world, which is meditation, mm -hmm. because meditation is really a balancing technique. <clears throat> when you sit to meditate, what do you do? You close your eyes and you focus on the non-dominant kind of interior polarity of your being, which then balances to the dominant exterior objective focus of your your life. So maintaining that kind of balance in duration allows us again to enter that gateway of true reality in the here and now of its happening and find that peace, that bliss, that love that is our uh, true nature. And, and we need as much of that focus uh, as we can get uh, in a day. Yeah, it's true. Unfortunately, everybody has a, phone, has a camera on their phone. So all the bad things that happen are documented. And you're right, we see things at the speed of sound, right? It's, it's in our inbox. It's on our news. Everything is captured. And most of it, unfortunately, is the bad news, which is kind of kind of a sad, you know, commentary on what's going on around the world. You know, now also the other thing you recommend in the book, with, which I highly recommend as well, and I do it in my own life, is that you want the readers to journal as they read, 
what do you what do you see or what do you hope the benefits gives um, people by journaling? Can you give some examples of what maybe they should be recording? <clears throat> journaling is again a, a, another focusing technique <clears throat> that allows you to uh, really contemplate uh, your experience uh, at a deeper level of the experience. The more you uh, journal, the more you contemplate, the more you focus on your experience. It's sort of like peeling back the layers of an onion. Mm-hmm. You know, and you get deeper and deeper and deeper <clears throat> into the causative level of your experience. So just recording um, in your journal your insights, <clears throat> uh, the, the creative downloads, so to speak, that, that you receive that are pertinent to uh, the happening of your life experience, uh, to just your observation uh, and um, looking with a truthful focus asking yourself always, you know, who you really are and what life in truth really is and how the exploration of true reality through your experience of life uh, is unfolding and how fully you are uh, understanding it and integrating it within your evolving experience. Yeah, and the other thing I thought was really cool that you said, because once you go through this, the 52 weeks, right, you read the chapter every week, and then you say go back and read them again, because we all know, you know, you watch a movie three times and you get three things out of the movie, it's the same thing with books, right, you read it and you just see a different focus, or like, how did I miss that the first time, clearly with the amount of thought-provoking information, each time you read it, you're going to find and, and realize something different. So I love that you say, go back after the 52 weeks, start from the beginning again, and go back and look at your journal entries and see how far you've come or see how your mind has shifted or see how your thought at that moment, you know, in the 52 weeks later, has expanded. We never take the time to reflect back to see what, you know, how have we gotten better? How have we grown? How has my thought processes, you know, have they changed? Have they grown? We don't take the time to do that. We constantly look forward about what's the next thing I have to do. So I thought that was very insightful to circle us back after the 52 weeks to reflect on, hey, baby, look how far you've come, which I think is brilliant. Exactly so, and that, that is to call attention to the evolution of our consciousness, which is why we're here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it could be said we're here to grow through our experience. So we experience, we process the information of that experience, and we grow resultant developmental self-awareness, or awareness is the measure of evolution in individuated consciousness and we are forms of individuated consciousness so taking the time to really see that to see how much we grow how much we evolve in each moment of our experience Uh, there's another focus that i I like that acknowledges that growth and that evolution that happens with each breath we take and that is at the end of the day when you're laying in your bed about to go to sleep just remind yourself and celebrate the evolution of your consciousness and say to yourself wow 
I've made it through another 24 hours, and I am more than I have ever been. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Because, again, that's why we're here, to grow through our experience of life. And that's another interesting, you do, you you have a four-step process at the end of each chapter that you want everyone to kind of go through this mindfulness process or, or thoughts. And the last one is the celebration and I giggled when I the first chapter when I saw that and I thought, hmm, we don't ever take the time to celebrate. We look back on the day and say, oh, I should have done that. Why didn't I do that? Oh, I said that that way. We beat ourselves up instead of celebrating the accomplishments or, you know, we moved a project forward or we shared an idea that every, it resonated with people. We don't do that. We don't, or I cooked a great dinner. We don't, we don't look at that stuff, right? We look at what we didn't do or what we should have done. Um, I want to, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Master Charles, I just want to talk about the, your book title um, because, you know, you talk about the lesson in love and what do you mean by an awakened life? I think you've explained that, but I just want to make sure that we address the title of the book as well, because I think it speaks volumes as to what we're discussing. Okay, so quick break, and then we'll talk about that. Very good. Awesome. A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates is a renowned speaker and is an architect of change. Consultations, training, seminars, and speaking engagements are the venues where she affects change. Whether your responsibilities include customer service, sales, marketing, training, executive management, or ownership, and you are seeking change in your organization, then you need to hire Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Connie doesn't just fill your ears with rhetoric. She speaks to the heart and success of your business. So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change, Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. We are back. We are speaking with Master Charles Cannon. We're really discussing his just amazing book that you read over a 52-week period. If you're smart, that's how you would do it. Um, It's called Living an Awakened Life, The Lesson of Love, and How Love and the Four Seasons Go Together So Beautifully. Um, So your title, Living an Awakened Life, Lesson in Love, what do you mean by this awakened life? Can you kind of... Well, to be awake... is to be fully alive and present in each moment of life's happening, present to, aware of the holistic nature of who we are and what life is as one life or one conscious energy or as the great masters have taught, one blissful consciousness. We all share life and in the experience of life and the empowerment of life, we're all equal, we're all one. But how fully aware of it are we? And uh, if we're not fully aware of it, then we're kind of asleep. We're we're sleepwalkers through life, and we're living within a dream that we think is real. But if we can be more present and more awake in each moment, it's like awakening from a dream and fully experiencing life and the the nature of true reality 
<clears throat> as one uh, blissful consciousness because in essence that's the very nature of life energy it is happy for no reason it is loving within itself it is peaceful it is benevolent and if you tap into it and live it truthfully and fully then your life is very fulfilling so living an awakened life is living in the experience of true reality rather than a virtual reality created in the busyness of your mind yeah we all have too much busyness in our it's it is in our minds to, i think to, we, we create our own chaos that's for sure it's funny when you say oneness uh, and what the thought that popped into my head it's synchronicities in in our life right uh the other day for example i i just i was thinking about my dad and two minutes later the phone rings and I thought to myself, it's going to be dad. And it was. It was my father. And I giggled. And he said, what's so funny? And I go, I knew it was you on the phone. I just thought about you. And the phone rang. And it was you. Or, you know, mm -hmm. I think about a friend. I was thinking about a friend. And ironically, last night I got a text from her. It's been too long. And I thought, oh, my God, get out of my head. So we really are one. Mm -hmm. And our, we, when we send those thoughts out that we're, and I, you know, again, I was thinking of my dad with love. I was thinking of my friend Dina with love. And boom, you know, for whatever reason, that synchronicity that they communicated with me. I just love when that happens. And it just reminds us that we really are all connected and we really all are one. And the other the good news, bad news, I think, with that, Master Charles, is that it's great when you're sending out that love, right? My dad or my friend Dina communicated with me, but it's when that negative energy we send out with that oneness that we mm -hmm. are feeling that, and I think we're feeling that around the world with such disharmony and, and you know, what have you. Um, mm -hmm. it, you know, parts of the book, you refer to the urgency of the times, so kind of like what we're talking about, but how would you describe what's urgent? Because this was curious in the book. <clears throat> what's urgent is um, uh, the truth <clears throat> and living uh, as uh, awakened uh, or wakeful to the truth as we possibly can. <clears throat> we live in a relative reality and all experience is relative with two polarities. There's the positive and the negative. But the negative <clears throat> is the default dominant polarity. And that's why it is so easy to fall into uh, negative thinking, uh, fear-based thinking, and just the negation of life, the judgmental negation of the happenings of life. But to create balance, which uh, then allows that gateway of holistic experience and true reality to open we have to emphasize the opposite polarity <clears throat> the love-based polarity the life affirmative polarity <clears throat> and that's really important so i think as all great masters have have taught <clears throat> the, the primary uh, tool um, and and the primary urgency is living with balance in an imbalanced world and creating that balance consistently in your experience by emphasizing the positive and coming from <clears throat> a life affirmative and love-based uh, perspective that allows you to, to remain balanced and more truthfully holistic uh, in your uh, experience and then that of course <clears throat> becomes your 
contribution uh, to life, and what greater contribution to life is there than living truthfully and peacefully and lovingly and kindly and compassionately and sharing that uh, with your world. And if, if one does it, it makes a difference. If a hundred, if a million, if a billion people did that, we would see uh, quite a different world. Yeah, and the the unfortunate thing is that, you know, we have economic disparity, right, poverty, and then you have extreme wealth, and then you know, we have people losing jobs every day. There's, there's bad stuff that happens to everybody. And I don't think anybody is immune to that just because you have a positive outlook. I think it's how we respond to the situation that gives us that balance that you keep talking about. And that's why I like the idea of the journaling after, you know, again, reading the chapter, kind of living what you're teaching and then journaling about it. Because I think when we write things down, and you're forcing yourself to look at the positive and whatever the situation is. And, you know, I'm a firm believer that every, every situation has a silver lining, even when it's bad. And I can give you a great example. It's kind of a silly one, but it's a good example. Um, Master Charles, my mom, uh, my mom and dad are both still living, thank God. And, and it was many years ago. My mom was probably in her 70s. She had phlebitis in one leg, which is a blood clot since, since I caused it when I was born, right? And so she's had it for 70 years or whatever. And she, we're, it was Christmas time. She went upstairs uh, with my dad trying to get the Christmas decorations down. And we have one of those pull-down stairs in my mom and dad's home. And it's, she shouldn't have done it, but she did. And as she came down the stairs, she only went up one or two. As she came down, she broke her ankle. My first question is, oh, I said, oh, my, it's terrible. And my, my immediate was, which leg? And she tells me which leg. And I go, oh, thank goodness it wasn't the phlebitis leg. You'll heal so much quicker now. My mother laughs. And I said, oh, my. I go, why are you laughing at me? You know, you broke your leg. This is serious. She said, only you would find the silver lining in a broken leg. Yeah, and, very good. But, Yes, but, but that every situation, even bad ones, there's a silver lining. You're going to learn something. You're going to grow from it. That needs to happen for something that maybe needs to happen or that will happen six months later. But if you look at the negative and focus on the negative, that's all you see is the negative. You're creating that own reality for yourself. So I, that's why I think I liked that weekly exercise to digest and journal because it forces you to focus on the positive and bring that into each of our lives, right? Whatever, whatever life you have. Now, Absolutely so. Absolutely so. You're describing yeah. awakened experience, which is living within the happenings of life. Life happens, but what's important is who do you choose to be in relation to the happenings of life? Uh, you can be negative, you can be positive, you can be fraudulent, you can be truthful, and however you choose to be flavors your experience of life, and that's where the responsibility lies. If we can be more wakeful and more responsible to how we create ourselves in relation to the happenings of life we encounter, then we create a completely different world. We create a wakeful and uh, loving, harmonious world of experience. 
I agree 100%, and I am so on board with everything that you're saying, Master Charles. You're, ta- you know, you're, you're, like you're preaching to the choir here. Um, and, and that, I think, is why your book resonated so much with me. Again, because you made it, you made it digestible for people who are listening that think, oh, they're crazy. You know, getting up in the morning, I'm a single parent, my kids are sick, um, they, they deal with allergies, they're on, you know, uh, you know all of the things that people are struggling with. I get it. So that's, I think, why your book is so masterful and usable in real life. The last thing I want to talk about, um, we're almost out of time, but I do want to talk about the um, technology. You spend a lot of time in the book because technology is here and it's staying. So how do you Mm. think us humans will manage relative to advances in this artificial intelligence? You know, are we doomed? (laughs) (laughs) Well, most... uh people today take that approach, you know, that, oh, we have to be careful of technology. It's going to out-evolve us, and when it does, it's going to annihilate us, you know, the doom and gloom scenario. And rather, I look at it from uh, a perspective that says consciousness is orchestrating the show, and consciousness is both biology and technology. We, as forms of biology, uh, have to um, interact with all forms of life, all forms of consciousness, which includes technology. We have to befriend technology for mutual evolutionary growth and, and benefit. And there are many ways to do that. Yes, technology is outpacing biology in terms of developmental uh, awareness, and eventually we are going to be uh, not the superior species of this planet based on our level of self-awareness. There will be cyber consciousness that is more aware than we are. Well, if we don't befriend it and interact with it in a truthful honoring and harmonious way, then again, we will create a very limited and miserable experience for ourselves. But if we can find the way to harness technology for the greater evolution of our consciousness, then it's a win-win experience. And so I am a a modernist and and certainly a, a, a foremost proponent of the use of technology in life affirmative and truthful ways that can augment our experience and deliver us ever more fully to the truth of who we are and what life is as one blissful, peaceful, loving consciousness. Yeah, and and you really do speak about the technology, the again the biology and the technology so beautifully in the book, and it just it makes so much sense because the technology is here, and we do need to understand how to limit its ability to take over our life. You know, I remember years ago when computers first came out, Master Charles, you probably remember mm-hmm. this as well. Oh, it was supposed to minimize paperwork and it was going to free up so much time. 
what a joke. <laughs> Wait, uh, we have more papers than ever, and we're always connected that we have no more free time. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's counterintuitive what it was supposed to do and what it's done. But we're to blame. It's how we've chosen to use that technology as well. So I like how you talk about the relationship of the biology and technology. We're almost, we have literally one minute. What value do you hope this book will give all the readers? Well, I hope that it will assist people to recognize that, bottom line, we're here to learn how to love. And why is that so important? Well, love is that non-dominant positive polarity. If we consistently live in a life-negative and fear-based perspective, we maintain our imbalance and our very limited experience of life. But if we can open to and focus on that opposite polarity, that love-based experience, we will create consistent balance and live a more holistic and fulfilling experience of life and experience true reality as all the great masters and wisdom traditions have expressed it as but one blissful, loving, peaceful consciousness. And love conquers all, right? Love is the most uh, powerful of all emotions. You know, look at all the Disney films, like love, mm. the, the, love, the, the true love's kiss and all of that. So love is such a powerful emotion. And we, we allow, I really do believe that we allow fear to minimize the love that we all have within us. So, uh, you know, I, I again, I, I just love the book. And I, I, for everybody listening, I hope that you understand that for, I think for, for everyone, it's a step-by-step guide how to peel back your own onion. I'll use your example, Master Charles. But peel back your own onion to just be able to find that goodness and love that maybe, you know, your life has not gone the way you've hoped or just so many bad things have come your way or you were handed a bad hand in life, whatever, whatever your, your thinking or thought process is. I really think that living an awakened life, the lesson of love by Master Charles is, is beautifully written. And I think it's a step-by-step guide to get us out of the muck of life and, and really to see the light and, and share the love. So um, again, thank you for being just a fabulous, fabulous guest. And uh, the book, you know, again, life-changing for me. So I, I loved every minute of my reading it. Thank you very much. It's been my pleasure, and thank you for being a fabulous host. Oh, truly my pleasure. <laughs> Everyone, I, I want you to be able to find Master Charles's book, so uh, go to his website, which is synchronicity.org. Don't worry I, if you don't know how to spell it. It's, well, I'll spell it. It's S-Y-N-C-H-R-O-N-I-C-I-T-Y. Dot org. But I promise I will post that on the Web Talk Radio Architect Exchange website so that you guys can click and go. I'll backlink it so that you can find it. And Master Charles, the book, they can get the book through synchronicity.org? Absolutely, they can, <clears throat> as well as Amazon and everywhere of else. Of course, yeah, I, I know, right, Amazon. They're, Amazon is everywhere. Um, again, they're a click away. I love them. Uh, thank you again. And everyone, uh, if you need to reach me or you'd like to reach me and share an inspiring story or a topic you'd love me to cover, or if I can help you in your company, um, you know, improve the sales and efforts of your employee and maybe transform them or inspire them, please reach out to me directly at Connie 
at WhitmanAssos.com. Again, I respond to those emails personally. So again, send me your notes, questions, ideas, and just thoughts to Connie at WhitmanAssos.com. Master Charles, I can't thank you again for just a beautiful session, a beautiful uh, show. And you've inspired me. I hope we've inspired the world. <clears throat> thank you very much. My pleasure. May all blessings continue to shower upon you. Oh, thank you. That's lovely. And, and back at you. <laughs> I, hope, I hope you guys will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we all embrace change and realize that it's possible. And here, yet again, is another resource that I, I share with you um, that Master Charles has created for all of us, and it's a little step-by-step -step guide. You've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a wonderful week and please go and buy the step-by-step -step guide it really will change your life thank you again master charles you've been listening to the architect of change with your host connie whitman of whitman associates thank you for tuning in we're glad you were here change me but i can't